Well, if you if you remember, I, I assume it was sometime in February, just a few weeks before Pesach. Uh, yes, he's a block. He was in our studio, and he and I both thought that we were going to be spending Pesach together. Uh, he was opening up the uh, Hudson Valley Resort uh, to singles and families to enjoy Pesach. And by the way, to his credit, he tried till the last minute to keep it open, just so some people who would otherwise and and otherwise were very lonely over Pesach would have had a place to have gone. And he tried with the restrictions, regulations, etc. It just didn't work. Um, but now he's announced that Destinations, which is his company, Destinations has a plan for the remainder of the summer and for the Chagim, Yamim Narayim and Sukkis, uh, for the Chagim 2020. He's talking about Shabbosim and Midweek in the Catskills. He's talking about a family fun week, which begins uh, oh, two weeks from today. Two weeks from today starts a family fun week. Uh, he is pushing strict ad- adherence to safety guidelines. So everybody, not just those members of the community who say we've had it literally and figuratively, meaning in reference to COVID-19, and we've had it in terms of all the isolation, uh, but everybody would, would feel comfortable. And he is encouraging those who are having challenging situations, setting up a Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur minion for themselves, uh, or who obviously, as they would in other years, have a challenge with sukkahs because you don't have your own sukkah, etc. He's encouraging everybody to check out what he has to offer up at the Hudson Valley Resort. The phone number is 845-794-6000, 845-794-6000. He also has a website, destinations613.com, destinations613.com. Yossi Zablocki, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. Um, I guess the first thing, in in in, uh, in you know, in, in uh, contrast to what we discussed before Pesach and why, unfortunately, you had to close, and in contrast, to what's been going up there, uh, going on there this summer, uh, because obviously you've had somewhat of a lockdown situation. That wouldn't be the completely accurate uh, description, but somewhat of a uh, of a situation because you reopened and rented out the place. Uh, to a whole large group. How will the strict safety guidelines work, in your opinion? I know it's hard to do this a month in advance, but how do you think they'll work around Rosh Hashanah time? Um, so, I mean, I, I really don't think it's that difficult to um, to enforce. We've been, we've been sort of practicing it for the past uh, six weeks. We're, we're officially opening up in, in two weeks from now for this plan that I have. Um, that's when the group that we have there leaves. Um, but basically, look, we have a large, large hotel. It's much larger than most other environments. In the lobby, we have uh, the enforcement down pat. We have somebody who's in charge in the lobby of making sure, patrolling, making sure that everybody's wearing their masks, um, making sure that the lobby is a safe environment. Everybody can do what they want in their own rooms. Um, but once you're in the lobby, you have to be wearing your mask. You know, it's sort of like walking into a ShopRite or a Walmart um, where everybody is is you know, keeping a certain distance from each other, and everybody's wearing a mask. It's not so difficult to enforce when you're in one large room and somebody's patrolling there. Um, uh, we call it a, a, a COVID ambassador. It's not really a, a patrol. Right. Um, so anybody, and, and again, I'm, I'm stressing this because you know, and as I go to events, believe me, I see it and feel it, uh, you know, there are people who, for, for good reason, are being really careful and others, for whatever the reason, is not being so careful in the lobby area. And I'm assuming that also means in the synagogue and dining room, but we'll talk about that in a second, that won't be tolerated. In other words, your ambassadors will make sure that masks and social distancing are taking place. 
Correct. I mean, I, I'm well aware of the crowd that we get. I'm well aware that on Rosh Hashanah specifically, we'll, we'll tend to get a more senior crowd. Um, they're, they're more um, susceptible to, to possible health concerns. Right. Um, and, and it needs to be taken seriously. Um, so while I understand that there's there there's group who, you know, plenty of people who have either already experienced the virus or, or, or think that it's passed through them or whatever the case may be, and I'm not saying that they're, that they're wrong on any level. You know, nobody really knows what's going on at the moment. But at the same time, the real goal has to be to protect the most vulnerable um, amongst us. That's still the, the message that everybody's getting. That's still where, where society is at, at least I believe society is at. Um, it better be. And, and right, and uh, and on Rosh Hashanah, um, there's no question that we we tend to get a more senior crowd that I am specifically concerned about. All right, now um, tell me about the shul and dining room. Are are they able to be enforced the way that you're planning on enforcing things in the lobby? Sure. So you know, the shul. First of all, we have we have large large spaces for for davening. If we have to do two minyanim. We're able to do two minyanim. I'm not planning for a second minion just yet. I do have enough ball fields coming that we'll be able to do two minyanim if we have to. But at the moment, I don't have to. I don't have to plan there until we're until we have enough people that it becomes a, a an issue. But going into a large theater, you know, a very large school environment um, that was you know built to be able to have 800 people once upon a time, right. and only have 200 people, 250 people in that environment. You're going to be able to sit three, you know, every every third seat. There really should be no issue um, in shul. Um, there's no reason that forget about sitting every other seat. There's no reason that you can't be sitting every third seat right. um, during davening. Yeah, I've, I, I, really I, I've, is, I've been in the room. It's really, really large. I mean, it's not a, if you want to take it seriously, it's really easy to take the regulations seriously in there. Right. It's it's look. The hotel was was constructed once upon a time to be a a much larger hotel than what I'm currently running. And so all the spaces that I have are built for a much larger crowd than I would even think about attracting. Now, when you, d- when you dreamt about opening up in the spring, you were talking about people literally eating in their rooms and having food delivered. What, what do you plan for, for the fun week, and what do you plan for Yontif? So again, so so turning for t- turning to the dining room. By the way, same thing applies. I said to the to the shul, the dining rooms that we have. We have three ballrooms, and we also have two um, restaurant rooms besides for the ballrooms. So they could normally accommodate 1,200 people. When when Barry Hochstorff used to do Pesach at the hotel, right. he had close to 1,200 people um, at the Hudson Valley. So they were all dining 1,200 people and and. So if, again, if I'm going to have 250 people dining in that size of space, the tables will be able to be spread out from each other. You know, everybody, every family obviously has their own their own table. Should they should they you know want to do that? If people want to be sitting together, they have that option. Um, if they if they know each other, but um, but everybody you know can easily be um, spread out without any problem. Um, and and obviously you know, and, and obviously waiters with masks, families you know eating together, you know, removing masks so they could eat. Obviously, it's only going to be them at the table. I mean, all these things, not only will they be thought out, I mean, these are the types of preparations you make in the dining room in general anyway. Right. And we've been, you know, you know, we've been learning over the past, you know, three, four, I've been studying the situation over the past three, four months, um, both when I was in Israel, went to a hotel myself to see what they were doing, as well as how things are being done at the hotel now. And, 
you know, there's a, there's a bunch of rules that you set forth, whether you're not, you know, the waiters are serving, the waiters are wearing masks. If you're doing any type of buffet environment at all, um, the waiters have to distribute the food as opposed to you coming in and, and handling the the, the various uh, uh, and food I, distribution and I, items. And I, would, and I would assume that's with gloves and barriers also. And, right, and, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's with gloves and people stay you know, separated from right. each other. Again, specifically on Rosh Hashanah, um, that's going to have to be adhered to because of the type of crowd that we get. All right, Jesse Zablocki is with us live via telephone, destinations613.com, destinations613.com. And, and, and just to extend this for a second before, I want to go back to the fun week, but just a word about sukkahs. Obviously, the sukkah would operate the same way. I mean, you're talking about proper distance. I know the sukkah. It's really big. A proper distance and the same type of uh, you know waiter service that you just described. Hundred percent. The sukkah is a sixty by one hundred foot space, something like that. It could be maybe sixty by one twenty. Um, it's a large, large space. We're going to be building it. Actually, I don't always build it the same size, but this year we will be building it as large as we possibly could. Um, I could, I could even build it larger if I had to. Um, and, I would, and, and I would also assume if somebody doesn't want to eat in the sukkah for whatever reason discomfort, et cetera, they could speak to and, and go into one of those large dining rooms, I would guess. Right. One of our ballrooms is right next to the sukkah, so yeah. it's very easy for people to come in. They can make a relationship with sukkah in the, you know, in the sukkah and then go yeah. back into the, into the dining room without, without any problem. We have a lot of options. The real goal is to cater to the, to the community. I mean, I'll flag this for you. When, when I started the National Jewish Convention Center, which is what we've dubbed the events that I sort of host that are you know, you know, the, the, the large Jewish events that I host, um, it was to provide a place for people to be able to go away at any given time, a kosher environment. I was the only person that was running a Yom Kippur program. I've been running a Yom Kippur program since I took over for the past, um, uh, Kutcher's back then, uh, for the past 12 years. I can tell you that we never get a crowd Yom Kippur. We never make any money Yom Kippur. Um, we lose money year in, year out Yom Kippur. I run it because sometimes people need a place to go, whether you can't walk to shul, whether you need to be someplace closer to your shul. We are constantly running a Yom Kippur program. This year, no, no exception to that. There's people, there are people who, for both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and possibly Sukkot, who are just stuck. They're stuck like they were on Pesach. They can't go to their shul. not opening. They don't feel comfortable in their shul because it's small. Whatever the case may be, it's too far away. Plenty of reasons. And there needs to be a place where somebody can basically feel comfortable, walk just a few feet, and be able to, you know, have, be able to say Yisker. Yep. Um, yep. And there needs to be an environment for, for, for such people without them having to think, is there a backyard minion that's this way or that way? Oh, yeah. Enough? yeah, we, we <laughs> believe me, we know all the options at this point. All right, we, we have a couple of minutes left. Yes, he's a block. He's with us, and there are two issues I must get to. Number one, you're planning a family fun week starting August 26th, which is two weeks from today. It'll go through Labor Day. Explain what that's all about, please. So we have families, if it's the end of summer, people have been either, you know, basically cooped up in their house. Again, a large environment. We have plenty of activities for the kids because previously I was planning an indoor fun park. It's not put together yet, but I bought 17 inflatable, you know, bounce houses. I bought children's fun stuff. And, you know, part of it is already put ready to go. And, again, so much space, we're able to put this all out, put this together. Kids and families can come, and they're able to, to 
be in a safe environment and still have a good time. Whether you're doing boating on the lake or whether you're just doing hiking or just going to the pools, because, you know, the pools are open, and we have certain guidelines of how we do the pool, only 10 people in the pool at one time, but that's what's allowed according to the health department at the moment. Um, and, you know, there's no reason why families have to be constantly stuck inside, getting ready for school opening, not opening. They should go away. We are open. We're here. It's not expensive. It's a time to get out and start living your life. Now, final question, and I'm sure you've expected this one throughout this entire conversation. You know that the governor of the state of New York is not happy with a lot of things, not happy with uh, some bars and restaurants, not happy with uh, with uh, lack of social distancing for events that aren't uh, Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, he's not happy with summer camps. Obviously, he did not allow the overnight camps to open. Um, that was Pennsylvania's gain for uh uh, for the fact that the Pennsylvania now, now is the home of Camp Missouri for the summer of 2020 and so many other camps are out of New York. Uh, with all that being said, is everything we discussed in this conversation uh, adhering to the directives of the governor of the state of New York? Absolutely. We've had the health department during the course of the summer come here uh, you know, probably a dozen times to the hotel. Um, they've come here, they've walked through the hotel, they've opened every single, we have, I don't know, we have 20 rooms where the group that we had here were doing various um, learning. We have a Hasidic group that was here that was sort of a combination of a bungalow colony and yeshiva, and they're studying in 20 different rooms. And we've gone through with them every single room on many locations. Each time they open the door, it's sort of like, let's see what we're going to find behind door A. Are we going to see violations? Are we going to see people not social distancing? And every time they open the door, they see that the chairs are spread out, the number of people at it that are allowed at a table is exactly what they've told us. And, and each time they, they walk around and they say, wow, you know, everybody is wearing masks, everybody is social um, distancing in, in, in the various rooms, um, and we're just going to keep doing that. And, and I see no reason why we should have any issues. We have a lot of experience with Yossi Zablocki. He's doing a family fun week two weeks from today, August the 26th through Labor Day on 550 beautiful acres, indoor and outdoor play areas, children's play center, Shabbos game room, bounce house and inflatable park, tennis, basketball, volleyball, heated indoor pool, boating, gourmet social distance dining, a base medrash and more. Plus, if you want to speak to him about Roshaniam Kippur, Sukkot, Simchastori, he's more than willing to uh, address those issues as well. Contact Yossi Zablocki and his staff at Destinations at the following phone number, 845-794-6000, 845-794-6000. The website, destinations613.com. Destinations, that's plural, 613.com. Yussi, anything else you'd like to add? No, thank you so much for helping us promote these type of uh, events. I really think that it, it's, it's good for everybody, and I, and I know, you're, you, you know you love being part of this. Invite the governor for a circus meal, please. Okay, that's something to work on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me. Based on our experience, it's going to take a while before you get any type of response. Thank you, Yossi. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app.